Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Could. My name is Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or the Graham Aaron underscore Dugan. Braden, you never tell your Instagram handle. Let's hear it. At Braden D. Gall, if you so choose. What's your middle name? Me. David? Nope. Dylan? Nope. Dick? Yes, Aaron. That's my middle name, Dick. You is that anyone's real you name or is that all Richard? Uh, that's a good question. My father's name is Richard. He is. How never... do you get to Dick from Richard? Uh, these are questions I have no answers for, Aaron. Okay, we can keep going. My my father's name is Richard, and he has never, ever, ever gone by Dick. Sometimes he's acted like one, but he's mostly just Rick. He goes by Rick. Okay, well, that's a lot of names to come off of Richard. Yeah, Douglas is my middle name. So Douglas. Yeah, I hate. I hated it all throughout my childhood, and now I don't care. Oh my god. Brad Douglas Gall. What's Aaron's Dugan's middle name? It's Kathleen. I don't love it either, but don't tell my mom or my dad. Okay. And, well, my dad convinced me I was named after a cat when I was young because my grandparents had a cat named Kathleen, and I still don't know who was older. I really don't. Speaking of mothers, we will have <laughs> a surprise giveaway coming up in a moment. So just hang on just a second. Let me tell you what's coming up on the show first, though, Aaron, before we do that. We've got three more spring games to finish up all 14 SEC spring games, if there were such a thing in, in all 14 campuses, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. We've got a message for fans as it pertains to spring games. Nick Saban, we're going to hear from <laughs> Nick Saban, who is in midseason form in the middle of April. Uh, how many quarterbacks are too many quarterbacks for any coach in the SEC We'll talk about confidence in young players. Uh, we must must discuss uh, the mullet luge and or butt chugging that could take place. And our guest today on the show, Pat Dooley, formerly of the Gainesville Sun, now just like is all over the place, has a podcast, a radio show, writes for all kinds of places down in Gainesville, just the king of all media in Gainesville. So a good show planned today. I'm going to stop you. Do you think Pat's going to appreciate the transition from butt chugging straight into introducing him? Because I feel like that was a little bit harsh. A actually, knowing Pat... Yes, he would be fine with it. Okay, that's special. <laughs> Knowing Yes, he, and he is special, and we had a great time talking with him, and uh, that'll be coming up a little bit later on the show. However, Fringe Element is brought to you by Jaspers! An echo. How'd I do? I nice acoustics in that office you have, though. Thank you, thank you. Uh, here's, the, here's the thing. We have wonderful things to say about Jaspers and your mom. This is your baby, Aaron Dugan. You need to talk about this. You need to explain okay. to the wonderful people what we are doing for our wonderful audience. So this actually came up completely organically because Braden and I were having lunch at Jasper's the other day and we're sitting Jasper's! There. Jasper's, he says. I, we're talking about Mother's Day or we're talking about things we can do. And I'm like, let's put together this badass Mother's Day basket because they have that grab and go market we always talk about has not just like lunch stuff you can grab, but all the coolest souvenirs in Nashville, like Nashville related apparel and Dolly Parton stuff, food that's specific to Nashville, a bunch of local products, the coolest, most badass liquor related dog toys. No, you're not getting yes. your dog drunk, but they have like a bunch of random stuff that's really cool. Liquor, um, liquor related dog toys. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> no, we're, no, we're not getting your dog drunk. <laughs> Super special. <laughs> There's the tagline. Super special. So we let's put together a badass Mother's Day basket with all stuff from in here. So here's what we did. We put together a bunch of products which we're going to reveal um, one by one in the coming week and a half or so. But we're going to have a competition to give away that basket. So what do people we have decided, to do to be into this contest? 
Yes. So based on moms and how awesome they are and how much we all love sports, we want the funniest, best, most telling photo of your mom or wife or important woman in your life at a sporting event, supporting a sporting event, being absolutely crazy on the fringe at a sporting event can be any team. You just got to get it in front of our eyes. We don't care if it's Twitter. We don't care if it's Facebook. We don't care if it's DMing to Twitter or Instagram. But just any anywhere you you communicate on the social <laughs> platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, just shoot us a photo of your mom, wife, spouse, girlfriend, woman in your life being just an absurd college football fan. I guess any fan. I, any I think there. I think you get more points if it's SEC. If it's an SEC team, points for creativity, points yes. for absurdity. Points for just absolute hilarity. That's where you get points. And for two and a half weeks, we'll run this on our three episodes from now. We'll announce the winner. We will mail you the basket directly to your mom. So you don't have to do anything here. If you listen to the show mm-hmm. and you can just find a really good p- picture of your mom being an awesome sports fan and send it to us, we will pick one and then send them like a $200 gift basket full At of- At least. Oh. We don't have the exact number, yeah. but it's an, it's a lot of stuff. We like went through and handpicked stuff the other day and we just kept picking things. Yeah. Full of awesome Nashville merch. Some food, a little pampering, a little food, little Nashville this, little Southern food that. And again, all you got to do is send some photos of your mom in like super hilarious situations rooting on their teams. You know, the, the crazier, the better. And we'll just pick one because we get to choose. It's our show. And uh, there's your entire Mother's Day gift handled for you, for your wife, for your mom, whoever. We will take care of the entire job for you. And it's a better job than y'all would have done anyway, because I mean, let's be real. I will say, go ahead and, or if you don't have one stage one, like I don't need it to be organic. Make your, make your mom or significant other do something crazy. I mean, within reason. Go go to Jasper's where we encourage cheating in contests. Yep. There you go. But it will, it'll be really fun. Just get it in front of our eyes. You can go ahead and tweet it at us publicly. Um, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Three episodes from now. So not this week, next week or the following week, we'll announce the winner. And again, we will mail you the entire, we will mail your mother the gift basket. So yay, Jaspers. Pretty cool gift basket for your mom. All right. Uh, we got a couple of things here before we get to Pat Dooley. There are three spring, spring games this weekend, South Carolina, Tennessee, Ole Miss. I have not watched any of them because I don't believe it. And Pat Dooley actually has a great story about why what happens in spring games is fairly meaningless. That's my message to people today, Aaron, is just don't, don't people are going to overreact. Great to great things and they're going to overreact to bad things. Just don't overreact to your team's spring game or spring practice. And this goes for teams that had their games last week. There were a lot of spring games last week. We'll get to you, Coach Saban, just chill out. But just don't overreact. That's my message to people is don't take it to mean anything. Just try to enjoy the day. Enjoy the moment. Celebrate your your team. You know, fake tailgate with your kids, whatever. Just enjoy it. It's a glorified practice. Sometimes you know what's going on. Sometimes you have no idea what's going on. They're not going to totally change the scheme. They're one practice just to, they're not going to waste a practice just on showmanship. Going to be relatively boring. Not going to give anything away, but nice that we can act. We're actually at a point where some people in a responsible manner can go out and think about what football season will be like, because we might have a normal one, knock on wood. I, I, we're getting there. We're getting there. I've had my vaccine. People go out and get your vaccine so we can all have a football season. I like but, football season. <laughs> um, a guy who takes spring games way too seriously, as, as he does every single other thing in his entire life. Nick Saban was in midseason form in his postgame press conference for the A-Day celebration for Alabama. Let's just go ahead and play it for the people out there. 
if they play, it's going to be an opportunity for them to improve and get better. If they don't, it's going to be an opportunity for the guy that's behind them to play and get better. So either way, we win. So I don't think it's significant. Okay, we'll go to Tony. You mentioned Bryce being the guy right now. How happy are you? That I just said Bryce of- is going to play with the ones. All right. So that's the way it's going to be. How happy are you that he's been able to kind of progress the way he has been? And do you find he's more confident now? Well, how do you know that he's progressed the way he has been? What have you seen that be able to make that statement? First of all, I mean, I'm happy with his progress. I don't want you to think that, but I, I, I just want, I don't know where you sort of can just come out and make that statement. But I'm happy with his progress. I think he's played well this spring. I think he showed good leadership. Uh, He's made progress. Uh, I think he understands the offense. He's worked hard. Um, So, you know, I can make the statement because I watch him practice every day, but I don't know how much practice you saw. So that was Nick Saban. And he literally, Aaron, is like, look, like the sky is blue, I." But, like, who told you the sky is blue? Did anybody, did you look out and see the sky that was blue? Like, I know the sky is blue. I saw that the sky was blue. But how do you know the sky was blue? And it just, it's like, dude, come on, man. Just take, you don't have to be, like, just remove the stick a couple of inches from your rear end. It doesn't have to be all the way up your, your ass. You know what I mean? Like, just, come on, Coach Saban. I know he's talking to his players. I know his message isn't for the media and the fans. But, goodness gracious, Coach, chill out, dude. The first thing I think about is, a, if I, I've never met Nick Saban or been had the pleasure of asking Nick Saban a question as a journalist or a reporter, if I did, I would make sure it was A, not a yes or no question, and B, nothing that he could come back at me with. However, he finds a way to do that. See, here's the thing about Saban, though. He's not ever actually pissed off at the media. He's talking to his team. He's talking to his players. He's talking to recruits. Everything he ever says... You don't to, think there's ever a time, though, that someone no, just annoyed I, him in the past? I definitely do. Well, sure, he's been annoyed, but he's a robot. He's still, he can block that out and be like, but he no. absolutely has favorites. Of course, but how can I focus on making my team better? Even in this moment when I'm annoyed and pissed off, he is still so focused on making his team better. Like, to argue the semantics of, well, <laughs> if Bry- is Bryce Young the guy? Well, no, I said he's running with the ones. What, come on, dude. Like, just, just, just relax. Like, it's not like you're not, dude, these aren't the nuclear codes. Okay, man, this isn't a war with North Korea or Russia here. Like just, it's a football game. Like just, just practice. It's just practice. We talk about who practice. would win Alabama or North Korea. If Alabama had as many people <laughs> as North Korea has in its army, who would win? Or I, would it be, they the, might have North Korea has a better chance than Georgia. If North Korea was well, in the SEC championship. North Korea runs an old school offense, though. Like, they would cheat they, and lie. They, well, and they run an old school offense. Like, so they, they like to, you know, they take train rides instead of, you know, you know, private jets. You know what I mean? Like they're and again, also like the people of North Korea are different than the leaders of North Korea. So the dear gotta, leaders, by the way. Yeah, you got to be careful there. I, I think I would take Bama. <laughs> I think if there is as many Alabama football players as there are North Korean military, I think it would be a good game. Also. How in the actual F did we get here? I know this was my fault. I don't know. It is your fault. Like a lot of missiles end up just kind of, you know, eh, womp off for North Korea. So I'm not, I'm not, we're not downplaying the issues in North Korea. There's lots of issues with North Korea, far more issues. I'm not going to apologize to North Korea right now. Okay. That's fair. You don't okay. have to. 
You don't have to do that. Um, now I'm going to die in my sleep. No, that's Russia. <laughs> now, now you're confusing. True, 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 true. Now you're confusing. Now you're confusing Putin and, and uh, the, the dear leader. Um, I, I do, th- I do think, <laughs> <laughs> I do think, I do think Saban, uh, oh, I think Saban owns, owes an apology to somebody for just being just an asshole. <laughs> like he does, why does he have to be such an asshole all the time? He woke up on a side of the bed. Yeah, pick a side. That's the side that makes Saban angry. All of the sides of the. I don't want to talk shit because if I ever get to interview him, I don't want him to hate me already. It's fine. He already does. He he woke up this morning, so he hated you. That's how it works. Remember? Anyway, midseason, midseason Saban in April. I did. (laughs) I watched it and I did. I just, I just can't stop laughing when I watch it. I know it's so funny. I'm just like, dude, who told you he made progress? Like, I know he made progress. I saw that he made progress. So I'm literally telling you right now that he made progress. But how dare you assume that Bryce Young has made progress? Maybe they should submit a five-paragraph essay as to why and see if the thesis statement checks out. Unbelievable. Uh, Joe Milton, quarterback for Michigan last year, transferred to Tennessee. Again, wasn't really like publicly announced, but we kind of found out that he was enrolled in classes, which means now, right now, Tennessee has four quarterbacks that had start have started a game for a power five team. Brian Maurer, Harrison Bailey, um, and or played a game in power five. You have Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech and Joe Milton. Joe Milton's like 6'5", 240. I, my question is, is there a point of diminishing returns on the number of quarterbacks? Steve Spurrier famously said, if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. I don't know if that's the truth for Josh Heupel in this situation. I don't think Joe Milton moves the needle for me, though, at Tennessee. H- how many quarterbacks is too many if you're Tennessee? I think it's more how long you wait to pick because at some point you just have to make a decision. Who are you running with? And did you wait too long and let people compete too long that now you haven't really had as many reps for one certain person, whether it be in practice or games or whatever. So I do think four or five sounds like a lot, but I just think that you almost have to, if two people are neck and neck, like when do you make, and maybe I'm turning this back into a question, but when do you make that call? And do you have to go ahead and just pick one? Because if you wait too long and you're developing them both all the way through, then you've lessened reps in practice and in games for certain guys, right? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I agree with that. I think for Josh Heupel installing a brand new offense as a first time coach in the SEC, I think it's OK that there's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if I'm if I'm a more stat, like if I'm Kentucky, for example, I've got a really stable program. I sort of want it to be I sort of want a starter and a backup. If I'm Bama yep. or Georgia, I want to st- like Georgia's quarterback battle was the problem last year. If I'm Florida, whatever, I want a starter and a backup, a pretty clear one and two. And that's kind of all you need, right? Like right. that's what you need if you're if you're a winner. If you're a new coach coming in with installing a new offense, especially one that's going to be super up-tempo and, and fast, you know, like Clark Lee's coming in at Vanderbilt. He already has a guy in Ken Seals. We'll get to young players in a second. So I, I, don't, I don't think it's too many for Tennessee. I, I think LSU might have too many. <laughs> like When I there's think- not, a, you're right, when there's not a clear front runner. It makes it harder. However, not a problem for your number two guy to be just as good or as versatile as your number one guy. Great problem to have. My question this is going to get, I'm going to get real unless weird. your number one, unless your number one is not very good. So yes, correct. A lot, lot of ifs talent is going to outweigh everything, but if you have five quarterbacks at a school and two of them are really, really good. Three of them, know. three of them will transfer. <laughs> the other three, will three transfer. of them. Yeah. And then if according to math, three of them will transfer and you'll be in the same situation as you always were, which makes this question null and void. Yeah. Yeah. The, the question I have, 
and we can kind of spin off of Tennessee. There's a lot of freshmen that played last year in the SEC. Harrison Bailey at Tennessee. Ken Seals is actually going to be my poster child for this at Vanderbilt. He played all, he started 10 games. Will Rogers at Mississippi State. So Caden Salter is the freshman at Tennessee, hypothetically. If Caden Salter is the best quarterback at Tennessee, and that's hypothetically. Oh, I see what you did there. Wow. Just hit me. I see what you did there. If he's the best player on the roster at that position, he needs to start. He needs to be the guy getting the most reps. I don't care about breaking the, the, the confidence of a young player. I think that proves whether or not you belong on the field or not. And Ken Seals and Dewan Mathis is a perfect example last season of why I've sort of changed my opinion on this. The, the old adage of, and you may disagree with me, but the old adage is sort of like, well, don't throw him out there too early. It'll break his confidence and it'll permanently ruin him as a player. And, and I, my argument would be, no, you're going to permanently find out if this dude belongs in the lineup or not. Ken Seals showed last season it couldn't have been any worse. They were 0 and 10. Yeah. And every step of the way, he showed us that he was mentally tough enough and confident in his own abilities to be the starting quarterback at Vanderbilt. Dewan Mathis made it a half at Georgia. And now he's at Temple because he clearly wasn't tough enough. And maybe he's not just good enough. Maybe Seals is just better. I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm of the belief now where you throw a guy out there and if you don't have the confidence and a couple of bad games or a couple of bad plays are going to totally shatter your mental capabilities permanently, then you weren't the guy to begin with that. That's sort of what I'm where I'm, where I'm at on this. I understand where you're coming from. And I don't think we disagree. I think I just think about this from a different perspective, which is more whenever you think this is your guy and you need to throw him out there, whether it's very, very early as a freshman or a sophomore or not, it's not putting him out there too early. It's, putting them out there and then ripping them out on a whim. If they're, if that happens, pulling them out because either you panic or you pull them out in the first half of their first game or whatever, and then be, and then expect to be able to revisit them and that be your guy. Like, because, and I will say on an, on the intangible front, quarterbacks have, are more forward facing, more publicly known everything. So if you put somebody on this pedestal, send them to media days, taking pictures on a billboard, whatever, and then you pull them out on a whim and then expect to, at any point, be able to put them back in and be like, oh, no, 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 I'm, we were just playing. You're our guy still and expect them to perform the same. I just think that you've beaten them down in a way that may not be totally it may take time to repair it's just like pulling a pitcher out like let him let him work himself out of the jam and then if he comes out on top then he probably there's an extra layer of confidence that you've added that you can get through a predicament but you can't pull someone too early that's my only qualm with it yeah i i understand that point like jeremy Pruitt made mistakes pulling quarterbacks but like there was a lot of quarterback yo-yoing all over the sec last year Mississippi State, LSU, Georgia. I mean, there were quarterback questions all across the, the whole thing. I, I would argue in that scenario that if the guy gets gets pulled because of some mistakes, maybe too early in our opinion, like you said, and then gets put back in, that's when you find out if he's mentally tough enough to be a starting quarterback in the SEC. If you can, if you can handle that, that pressure, being on the billboards, being the forward-facing guy, like it takes a certain – I'm not saying it's easy. I'm, I'm saying it's very hard. If you can handle all of that, Ken Seals, as a true freshman on an 0-10 team with a coach who got fired, 
is he mentally crippled right now because of all that adversity thrown at him? No, he was tough enough to take it, and that's what makes him a starting quarterback in the SEC. In it my makes opinion. sense. Not everyone is that, though, and I don't think you have to go through that or have to pass that test in order to be good. I think that it is definitely or, or maybe very that's telling. What, or maybe that's what makes you the quarterback at Temple and not the SEC. Her- Maybe so. I'm just, I am saying that there is a layer to it that is the way you handle it. And maybe it's just the language you use as a coach after or before going into it. Like, we're going to try you out. If things go south, here's what's going to happen. We're going to put somebody else in. It doesn't mean that you're not capable. It doesn't mean you're never going to see the field again. It Maybe that all happens in language before, after, during the game by the coaching staff and the other players to be like, hey, this doesn't mean that you're shit. This yeah, just means yeah. we got to try something different. So maybe there's a lot going on behind the scenes or should be to make sure that someone's confidence stays intact, that they're not just, you know, you know, a piece of trash if they get pulled. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, how you treat people is important no matter what. There's no question about that, but I do life th- lessons from Brayden Gall. I, I, I do, right. Be nice to humans other than yourself. I, I do believe that there's <laughs> just like your uh, golden rule. Be, be, right. <laughs> I just have a, a golden rule. The, the, I just, we've for so long, and I was guilty of it. I said it so many times. Well, you don't, you don't want to start him too early because you don't want to break his confidence. And then I just started realizing, well, no, if you're that fragile, if you're that for Gile, you're not the dude. You're just not the guy. I'm sorry. Like not everybody can be a starting quarterback in the SEC. Not everybody can be Mac Jones or Kyle Trask and just sit on the bench, wait your turn patiently because you have mental toughness, show up and become a Heisman Trophy finalist. Meanwhile, you've got a superstar recruit sitting behind you waiting to take your job and just calmly execute division championship. And in Mac Jones's case, a national championship like that type of mental fortitude is why Mac Jones and Kyle Trask were good in part. I mean, all the other stuff, too, like work ethic and arm strength and all that other stuff. But that's what made those guys good. No, I hear you. And I think, and I know we're dwelling on this and we're getting more and more down this rabbit hole. I just think that there are times where it happens where it seems like it's panic. And maybe that's from coaching staff, pressure from fans, you know, panic to win. So I think as long as it's done, yeah, I think as long as it's done from a strategic standpoint and handled correctly, you can do it without it seeming like pure panic. Okay. Like a panic decision. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because I do think coaches in the moment they don't see past the scoreboard. Yeah, you don't see the repercussions of what you could do. Yeah. You know, like we, you don't want to lose to Temple so badly yeah, that you pull somebody. Which we're down if 12 you're to, losing to Temple, that's a problem. But. Yeah, we're down to, yeah, I've, I think I've watched T- Temple beat Vanderbilt like 41 to 7. Or Let's talk, well, and, we'll, and anyway, we'll talk about anyway. our alma maters in a moment. Thank you. <laughs> no, Thank it's you for like, playing. But Kirby Smart looking at the scoreboard down 12 to 7 in the second quarter of the Arkansas game, panicking and putting in Stetson Bennett the fourth, you know? Yes, that is a great example. So maybe we agree more than yeah, okay. more than it would seem. The, the coaches have a tough time seeing past the immediacy of winning the game. There's no question uh, about that, but that's also kind of part of the job. All right, so mullet luge or butt chug, which would you rather do? Mm, you have to do one the environment. right there. I'd rather, <laughs> I think I'd rather mullet luge. <laughs> I mean, is there an audience? So do people um, know what a butt chug is? Do you know, do you remember what a butt chug is? Do I remember? My brother was in college at Tennessee in a fraternity when this came, when this became a thing. Your brother was butt chugging? My brother is, was not butt chugging. Captain butt chug himself? I love no, it. No, don't you dare talk about young Sean Dugan. Okay. Young okay. Sean P. Diddy Dugan that way. He was in college, not in the same fraternity, I don't think. He also said there isn't total truth to this story. So somebody <laughs> put, butt jugging is when you, 
put the a funnel, a tube from a funnel into yeah. your ass. Yeah. And then pour booze into it. And then it. pour beer into it. Or wine. I think it was wine. No, sure. was it? Beer and wine, probably either or. I'm not sure it matters at this point. I think point. We're, we're adding to the story. This, and we're also like decades behind this story. But the w- the reason this came up is because there was a mullet luge situation. And I'm going I'm going mullet luge. I would also go. I, no, I don't know. I think I'd butt chug. You'd butt chug? I think I, would, put, I, I, think I would rather. Graydon. I think I would rather insert alcohol into my own arse than to drink beer off of another man's mullet. Think about that. This is what Think happened about- at the Tennessee Vanderbilt game this weekend. They were pouring beer down the back of this dude's mullet in the student section at Tennessee, and the guy was drinking the beer off of the sweaty mullet. Which, I mean, t- let's talk about classy, not trashy for a second. But you'd rather put something into your ass. I'm sorry. I, I don't I mean think- to be graphic, but like, <laughs> really? Seriously? no don't do not bring them into this that is not fair i am just i I just i watched the video of a guy drinking beer off of another man's sweaty mullet and i'm sorry that that makes me want to puke more than the idea of you know like a colonoscopy with a buzz (laughs) oh my god i don't know like i don't i'd like to do neither i'm 38 years old and have children But, but the mullet luge is pretty disgusting. It's pretty I'm gross. Literally speechless. Okay, that's pour super interesting. Beer, I'm going to pour beer down my mullet into your mouth, Aaron. Think about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only one other option, though. And you yeah. know what it like. Yeah, no, it's it's more about the other person. I support you. It's more about the other. I want to avoid if I'm going to do something disgusting, I'm okay with my own body. If that makes sense. Right. Like I'm, I'm isolating all of the variables. And something foreign. But okay. Right, but it's a but it's a sub. I am isolating all the the human variables into just me and the one person. The mullet mm-hmm. luge. There's a lots of other human variables there. The, 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 his mullet could have the Rona. You don't know. Do you know how many things you've, how many germs you probably drank through your life that are equally or more disgusting than drinking off of somebody's head? Okay, like, maybe you're maybe you're right. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyways, Braden's big, big, big butt guy. <laughs> more of a mullet girl myself but to each their own we should definitely move on 100 percent. we should move on okay all right are you excited you don't have to sing rocky top yeah and do you want to know why because i've prepared some things here we go <clears throat> rocky top and I, I am someone that maintains that definitely holds up my end of a bet and so i was in preparation for the worst looking at the rocky top lyrics in case Vanderbilt dropped the bait, the series in baseball, which they didn't. Um, but I was going ahead and looking because Braden said I had to sing all of Rocky Top, either on the bar or on social media live or both inside Jasper's um, from memory was one of the stipulations. So looking at these lyrics, you guys have two songs that are associated with your university. One is the Tennessee Waltz about an old friend stealing somebody else's girl at a dance. So that's good. And then the second one is Rocky Top. And just hold on. I printed out these lyrics. Let's see. <clears throat> I wish that I was on all Rocky Top down on Tennessee Hills. Okay, whatever. Ain't no smoggy smoke on Rocky Top. Ain't no telephone bills. So bragging about total hillbilly lack of technology. That's good. Or, or freedom from the grid. Once I had a girl on Rocky Top, half bear, the other half cat. Yeah, she's so, a little crazy. Mm, or is it worse? 
I don't know. I don't. I actually don't know. What do you? It seems like a bestiality mean? reference. But keep going. Oh wow! I still so do, you, let's see. I don't know, but I read it. Like it seems like there might be. They're killing IRS major agents potentially. Maybe a bestiality reference. You mean like um, the, two, the two folks that went up on Rocky Top and never came back down? Is that what you're talking about? Pretty yeah, it is. <laughs> Corn won't grow at all on Rocky Top. Yeah, it's a, the, the, fer, the no the soil, arable the soil, land. Yeah, the soil's not very fertile up there in them in them hollers. I mean, ingestion of green alcohol as a substitute for vegetables. It goes on and on. Anyways, it made me think about <laughs> it made me think about the song at Vanderbilt's fight song, which literally is just like forward ever be thy watchword, conquer and prevail, which seems <laughs> yeah, like way cooler. Very, way yeah, not cooler, but <laughs> less weird. Yeah, I that's think. fair. I, I think that's fair. Rocky Top, cooler but more weird than Vanderbilt's fight song. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's... And George's fight just, song is just, I'll be working on the railroad. Oh, that was actually our alma mater, but still, Conquer and Prevail, I like have to talk about that because it's so just Vanderbilt. Like, who says Conquer and Prevail at the end of a football game? <laughs> I like how you Only have to us. put... I like how you have to look, put like a little British... Like a little British accent on it. Like proper. It is that British? Was that British? <laughs> no, it's like a it's like a hat tip to British. It's it's like snobby, you know, the Yale of the South. That's what it is. The Ivy League of the South. That's what it is. You move your pinkies <laughs> up when you drink your wine. I know. I do love wine. And I'll I I will raise a pinky every now and then. Anyways. Sure. Is there anything else? Can we get to Pat Dooley? Yeah, let's go. All right. When we come back, Pat Dooley. Mercifully. <laughs> Fringe Element is brought to you by Jaspers. Jaspers. It's an elevated sports bar, your neighborhood pub to watch the game with a great happy hour, great menu, free parking, just all around greatness. And a great grab and go market, which is the supplier and sponsor of our Mother's Day gift basket from heaven. That's right. Uh, awesome gift basket for your mother. Tweet us or you get can... a picture in front of our eyes. Yes. At 440 Sports on Twitter, at 440 Sports on Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram. Uh, either Aaron or I as well. Text Braden Gall at 615. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, shoot us a photo of your mom or wife or special female of your life in in like just being an absurd sports fan. And we have like a almost $200 gift basket. We will send to your You mother. don't even know the number. It might be higher than that. Like it we haven't added it up, but we just went around and picked out everything we liked from the store. And there was like a cap on it, but I think it's, a very valuable gift basket. It is. And we'll do all the work for you. All of this, of course, courtesy of Jasper's. They will send your mother the gift basket with all kinds of cool stuff in it. Little pampering, little drinking, little little memorabilia in there. Lots of cool stuff. Very valuable. Apparel. Great job by Jasper's to put this together. And you and Jasper's, frankly, did all this. This is, this is your brainchild. And send us photos for the next two weeks. And then the episode before Mother's Day, we will announce a winner and mail it to your mom with the address that you give us. So we will literally do all of the work for Mother's Day for you. Or and your for, wife or the mother of your children or your sister who has kids or whoever. The important woman in your life that has a child. Courtesy of Jasper's. Yes. question I have is, who should, if I were to win, which I'm not eligible, what would I send it to my mom or my wife? I think my wife is the priority over my mom. I think, I think your wife has to deal with you every day, day currently. So if I were you, I'd send it to your wife. Yeah, that's a good point. It's valid. I think Haley deserves it. I actually might send Haley a Mother's Day gift for 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 having to be married to me. That's one hundred percent, or a val so or Valentine's Day gift, or everything in between. Yeah. So, so how's your relationship? Is it gone past three weeks or what? Mm, maybe we should take a break from this discussion because I feel like it's. I talked about it in relationship to ranch. No, nothing bad, but oh, okay. like 
Yeah, I mean, I, like, I talked about like, it in relationship like, to ranch. You're at like four or five weeks. That's about as long as you normally, you know, go, Dugan. So I'm sorry, Braden. How much do you know about the length of my <laughs> relationships? I'm pretty sure your knowledge on this is limited. Yeah, I, I talked about it in conjunction with ranch, which means it's more serious than any of us could have possibly imagined. <laughs> and we're going to leave it at that for now, but I'll update God you soon. God help us. God help us all. Lord in heaven. Oh, man. All right. So hell send, in a handbasket. Send us some awesome photos of your mom being a great sports fan. Uh, over the next couple of weeks at all the social accounts, the great gift basket from Jasper's obviously go to Jasper's. They got a great happy hour, great menu, great place to park, great, great everything at Jasper's. So what's really cool about Jasper's also is that every time you go, you can kind of go in a different way. I could go take my wife and sit down and have like a nice dinner in one section. I could go take my kids and play like, you know, sit on the patio and another time we go and have it be more of a family style deal. We could sit at the bar like I did with Steve Cavendish and watch college basketball during the NCAA tournament. I could go with my buddies and play play shuffleboard or you could just be walking by and pop into the grab and go market and grab something on your way out. So you can go like a lot of different times and have a different experience every time you go. And in addition to all those things, we haven't talked about this very much because, but we were, when we were in there the other day, the day we made the mother's day basket, I always forget, but they have this huge room in the back that not only has arcade games, but it has, it's rentable and it has a huge projector TV, which, but you can rent out that whole room. Yeah. Dartboards. Yep. Dartboards. That sounded weird. It sounded like fork when you say it too many times. And then it's connected to their outdoor patio. So I think, I think in theory, you can actually rent out the entire thing for an event. If it's nice outside, you can go between yeah. indoor and outdoor. It'd be perfect for like a reunion party of sorts once we get through COVID, an anniversary party. How about like an end of COVID party? <laughs> an end <laughs> of, honestly, like, totally worth celebrating. Yeah, don't need a reason. Just let's get together, please, for the love of God, face to face for the first time please in 18 months. For the love of God. Yes, agreed. So anyways, we love Jasper's. Jasper's. Yeah, go to Jasper's. It's great. It really is. King of all Gainesville media, Pat Dooley joining us here on Fringe Element. Pat, how are you, sir? Good to talk to you. I'm doing good. Doing good. Just staying busy in this retirement. (laughs) I'm retiring the worst of anybody in the world. Um, I got like six jobs now. Yeah, you look very uh, you look very stressed out right now in your in your chair there. Um, all right, so let's let's start with with spring ball, and we can start with the Gators, and then we can move on out and around to the SEC today. But I just like, do you t- what do you take away? You've been covering this sport and this league for a long time, and people overreact like crazy to spring games and spring practices, and the Gators didn't really have one. But what what did you take away from Florida's practice this spring, if anything at all? Well, yeah, you're right. Spring games are for fans only. They are not for the coaches. They're not for the players. Um, I remember one year, Florida had a guy named Ian Skinner. He caught like 220 yards in passes. And we're like, man, that's what we got to write about. And we get in the press conference and Spurrier goes, yep, Ian Skinner had himself a day. We let him, We threw the ball to him a bumps. He's going to be ineligible next year. So we decided to help him out, find another job. And I'm like, well, what, what, what good was that? But anyway, uh, no, um, Florida did not have a spring game because instead they used the the stadium for vaccinations. So a very I'm very proud of those people for doing that. And they're going through 5,000 a day over there uh, rather than have a spring game, which we was unnecessary. Uh, look, Florida is going to be a different team they were last year. Uh, will they be a better team? I, I don't think so, but – if they're as good a team, that means they'll have a shot down the stretch to get into the playoff. Uh, 
Is that possible? Yes. Well, then let's go to Georgia because I, I do think Emory, like I'm, I'm just not going to doubt Dan Mullen and his ability to develop a quarterback. So I think they will be in heading into that Georgia game. They'll be in the race. The question about Georgia is, are they more on Alabama's level? Or are they more on, on Florida's level? Is this the year that all of the things have come together for Kirby Smart at the exact right time? You know, I think it depends on how people believe in, in JT Daniels. Um, I mean, it was so weird that they would not play him. They just wouldn't play him. We're going to go with this guy that's not any good. We're going to play him instead. And, and obviously lose a Florida game and really weren't in it at all, um, uh, other than the first couple of minutes of the game. Uh, but then JT Daniels comes in and he's good, but it was against crummy teams. It, it's kind of almost that Tennessee syndrome from last year. Remember, they won all those games down this stretch and Phil Fulmer said, we're back. Gosh, we beat Kentucky and Missouri back to back. And uh, then when they got to actually playing real teams – next thing you know their coach is fired i mean it just i i i'm not saying george is not going to be great uh but the the uh, georgia love may be a little bit misplaced and i think it's part of the reason it is is because uh there's not a love for florida because the two kyles are gone pat what all would actually need like technically would need to fall into place for Florida to be, you know, to actually put up a fight and be viable to win the East side of the conference. And like, what, what are you looking for to see, to know that there it's possible that they could do that? Well, I, I will say this. I like Florida's roster a lot. In fact, I may like it more than last year's, but you don't win all the time with rosters. You win with players, individual players. And certainly in Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask, those were and, and Kadarius Tony, those were unique uh, individuals. In fact, I think uh, Pitts is a unicorn. I don't think we'll ever see anybody like him. Uh, or leave, it'll, it'll be a long time. It kind of remind. He was kind of like Percy Harvin was with that 08 and 06 team. Um, but you know, they're they're going to run the ball more this year. And if those two five stars they got in the transfer portal can come through, that'll help. Uh, if Emory Jones is a able to stay, stay healthy or if Anthony Richardson comes in, cause they're going to get two quarterbacks ready to go. Uh, but to me, this whole season is about Florida's offensive line. I mean, these guys have been around. They've, they've blocked well against on, on passing downs and not on running downs. Florida has not been a good running team. And it's why uh, coach Mullen has just, become this the a new Steve Spurrier just throw 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 because we can't run it there's no point running it so you would think that Florida is going to have to get better running the ball and they've got guys that have been around it Let, let's see what you got man uh, but you're going to have to show it before I'm going to believe it again you're going to have a running a quarterback with the ability to run Kyle Trask was, was only ran when he absolutely had to let's talk about Dan Mullen and the relationship with the Florida Gators fans for a second because I love that he's honest to a fault, that he puts his foot in his mouth sometimes. I, I enjoy that. I don't mind being, I can be critical of that and then also appreciate his like, you know, unbelievable ability to, to develop an offense and call a game. Like I, I, I'm okay with both of those things existing. He feels like a perfect fit for Florida. Like he is, he's got some spurrier to his game, right? Like there's some of this, like, I just don't give a shit and I'm going to call up a play that's better than yours and we're going to, we're just going to beat you. And sometimes that comes across as tone deaf. He did the whole thing where he like, like kind of messed around with the NFL, but was he really 
Where is the state of the relationship between the Florida Gators fan base and Dan Mullen right now? Well, you know, I always say, have a saying, nobody suffers winning like Gator fans. So in the last three years, they've been to three New Year's Bowl games, and they're like, eh, if only we were any good, it would be something, <laughs> you know. Um, I ask them to go sleep in uh, Tennessee's bed for a while and see what that's like. But, um, no, I mean, I think people like him, but th there's a difference between the Spurrier uh, slings and arrows and what Mullen did. Mullen said some really irresponsible things. Like, we need to fill the stadium up next week. Well, no. No, you don't. You need to do the opposite. Um, th that was just – it was emotional, and I got that. You know, the whole thing with the Missouri game and him running out there and, and getting mad and obviously getting in people's faces and then wearing the Darth Vader costume afterwards was kind of <laughs> weird. I mean, he, you know, sitting down all his – because a lot of his players had opted out, so he didn't play any – you know, he just gave up on the uh, – the bowl game, I think that sticks in some people's craws. So there's all, there's been all these little things where they go, that's not the coach I want to have. With Spurrier, it was like shot, 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 shot. We all laughed, you know. And you just hope mm -hmm. he didn't get beat, you know. When he got beat, they could stick it back to him, you know. It, we, in fact, it was his birthday yesterday, 76th birthday. Um, I saw Chris Harry did a thing on 76 great Spurrier quotes. Um, there are a lot of coaches you couldn't come up with seven great quotes but obviously with steve he was he was he was the best he was the most fun guy to ever cover dan is a little different and dan is more i will say this dan's gotten better with the media but it's kind of faded a little bit um and he's you know i think with the fan base right now they're like we're not sure we thought we were going to get a guy that not only was going to do what we wanted to do with throwing the ball score more points you know having a guy like kyle trask having that also was going to be in the top five in recruiting every year. And he's not doing that. He's living off the transfer portal. And I, I think they get mad every time a recruit goes somewhere else. But we're talking about Steve Spurrier and Dan Mullen. I was going to ask you a little bit more of a technical question, but now I just need to know in your, you've been in this industry for a long time, Pat, what is either your favorite or your least favorite memory with a coach player the weirdest, funniest interaction you've ever had on either side. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think. I, anything that would be the funniest would have to have included Coach Spur. I mean, he, he's just amazing. He's, he's so funny. I remember one time uh, we're sitting there waiting for practice to start and Spurrier was a little late and he comes down and uh, Robbie Andrew, who's my colleague, and I were sitting there and he goes, uh, he comes down the hill and he, and he says, Pat and Robbie. I said, yeah, coach, uh, your your linemen look pretty good out there. He goes, nah, they're just fat and lazy, just like you and you and Pat. That's all. So I mean, that just he always would have a dig for you. You know, he'd always get you, and then you start to look at yourself and go, maybe I need to lose a little weight. You know, uh, <laughs> he was the best. I mean, um, uh, I he was so much fun. The, I tell you, the most the most uh, awkward thing that ever happened to me was that I asked, I got up the courage to ask Jack Nicholas a question at the Masters one time. And, and I thought I had a great question because I noticed as he hit the ball and he was in contention this year. It wasn't the year he won. It was like two years later when he was, he had a shot. So I'm looking at uh, when he's coming down the first fairway and he, I notice he goes over and looks at the ninth green and uh, Tiger was coming up at the same time. So when I got a chance to ask him a question, I go, 
I go, hey, Jack, I just I noticed you looking at the ninth green there as you were coming up one. Were you looking to see what Tiger was doing and how he was playing things? He goes, no, I was looking to see where the pin was. And he's like, and the look he gave me was just like, who is this guy? Why did we let him <laughs> in here? So that was my most awkward moment. I mean, obviously, he's trying to win the tournament, Pat. Come on. I know. You football, you stupid football writer. I you. Know. <laughs> I thought he just wanted to see Tiger. <laughs> like everyone else on the planet. Um, right. <laughs> spe- speaking of Tigers, Missouri. How about that segue? You like that? Wow. Um, what, a, what a time, Braden. <laughs> I, I'm curious because it does feel like Georgia and Florida are above everybody else. But I do like what Missouri's doing with Eli Drinkowitz, Connor Bazelak at quarterback. Kentucky is through a, a two-year period of time where instability is like the name of the game in all of life here. Um, but Kentucky's as stable as it gets as far as what, where they're at. You know, Tennessee is what they are. I, I don't think there's enough talent for South Carolina. Who, who is the team that could actually, in the East, challenge Florida or Georgia in 2021? Well, that's the thing. I don't think there is a third team. I, and, and that's why I think people, when they look at, at this conference, they go, oh, the West is, is by far the better one because even though the, the, the games between the two have been fairly even, they haven't been that – it hadn't been a big blowout like it used to be. Uh, but when you think about it, okay, you got Alabama. Who's going who's gonna to contend? Well, Texas A&M probably can. Well, LSU probably can. We're still – we're not so sure on Auburn, but if Malzahn was still there, you never know. He could, he could find a way to beat them. Um, you know, we'll see how Lane Kiffin does over there. Then you look on the other side – in the East and you go, well, it's Georgia and Florida decide who, at what the order you want them. I don't even know who to put third, you know, not only do, do I think nobody can contend. I don't think, I, I can't even think who I'll put third, you know, you're going to put the stable, you know, the girl that always shows up on dates, or are you going to go for the, the crazy Josh Heupel and, you know, you never know what's going to happen. She may not show up, but if she does, she, she's going to have a Corvette. You know, it's that kind of thing. So the hot, crazy matrix. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. But I mean, I, I just don't know. You know, you, you eliminate Vanderbilt from the start and, and, and then you go to those other four teams and it's just like Tucky, Tennessee, Missouri, South Carolina. I, I wouldn't bet on any of them to finish third. So it's Florida, Georgia, and Georgia's getting kind of the love this year that Florida got last year. Speaking of crazy really where you said you thought LSU, you know, and or Texas A&M could, could potentially compete. I mean, I think that we're all kind of going into that with like, not really, but maybe what do you, what do you expect to see out of LSU this year? Because to me, they're just like this anomaly that I I have no idea what to think about them. It's hard because I mean, obviously they bring in a quarterback at the end of the season and he beat Florida, and uh, he was good in that game. He wasn't the reason they beat Florida. There was a shoe involved. But, um, you know, um, but they've got Miles Brennan coming back, so I don't know who's going to be the quarterback there. The The fact that that team fell off the way they did uh, last year was surprising, even with, with all the losses, even with all the guys who've gone pro. It's still you, – you still the, – the good programs – you, you lose a lot of people, and eh, maybe you only win eight or nine that year. Uh, but with LSU, I mean, they were lucky to get to five. So, um, uh, yeah, but I do think everything I'm hearing out of LSU is that they're, they, they've kind of got the hunger back after maybe, you know, being the, being the guys who 
didn't hit the triple, but they were standing on third. That was kind of last year's team. This year's team, I think, feels like, hey, let's get that chip back on our shoulder. You know, we can do this. Alabama is obviously with a new quarterback. You know, I I, I tell you, one of the biggest games for the in the uh, SEC West is Florida hosting uh, Alabama in the third game of the season. You get Alabama early. It's in the swamp. We'll see what the capacity is for that game. But I'm sure all those teams in the West are going, go Gators, you know, get, get knock them off. Even though it doesn't count in the head-to-heads, it does help when they have another conference loss. Then you feel like if we can just beat them, they, there's no chance for uh, Alabama to win. So win the division. So, and that, and Texas A&M, again, without Kellen Mond, uh, uh, who I thought was a pretty average quarterback, but still they won a lot of games with him. So I, I think those teams can compete, and uh, I, I do think Auburn's still got good players, and Brian Harson's a good coach, so we'll see how that all works out. Uh, are, Braden, wait, I'm no, going to stop you. It sounds like Pat might agree with me about the shoe thing. Do you want to tell Pat how you felt about the shoe? The shoe. The oh, who yeah. throws a shoe? I, yeah. Okay, well, Braden, I mean, I'm I mean stop. honestly, honestly, who throws honestly. a shoe? Honestly. Um, no, Braden I thought that as long as he took it, this is what Braden said, Pat, and I'm just going to lay okay. it all out for you. Braden said, Braden said after that whole incident, I didn't necessarily think that it was responsible for a collegiate division one NCAA athlete to throw a shoe up in the air. Braden thought that as long as they said, sorry, after that, it was fine. And he compared that player to his four-year-old daughter and said, if Marin threw a shoe and brought it back and said, she was sorry after, I think it would be okay. And I didn't really think that comparison weighed out. Well, Marco Wilson is a little older than four. I know that. Agreed. Um, no, it look, what he did was when it happened and I was at the game and it was so foggy that all I saw was something flying through the air <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. And then you found out later on what it was. It was, um, you just don't throw a shoe in that situation. Now you might throw it to the side, but when you throw it 25 yards downfield, first of all, at the very minimum, it's delay a game. Because you have forced this player to have to go get his shoe and put it back on, so at the very least, it's delay a game. But personal foul, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with the the thrown shoe. However, I did have a problem with Florida again giving up another first down to get him closer to field goal range, and then with Evan McPherson missing a kick uh, that would have tied the game and sent it to overtime. So there was a lot of things in that game that caused them to lose it. Obviously, the shoe gets all the publicity about it, and it makes it a lot funnier when uh when you bring up the shoe but yeah no, don't turn uh, don't turn the ball over on the goal line how about how about that, that um that, so certainly. no i'm being the, that's I'm what being, i'm saying there are a million things that happen right. in that game that they did one of them differently and that includes stone issue i i am being slightly misrepresented uh here oh um, my God. just a little bit not a lot but a little bit no tongue-in-cheek pat i said well, but if the player immediately runs and goes and gets the shoe and brings it back to the player, hands it to him and says to the ref, I'm sorry about that. Isn't that really good sportsmanship, actually? Like, that's no. that's my thought is that, oh, what you, if he you had thrown the, the shoe <laughs> and it was up in the air and he realized his mistake, ran after it, caught it and then ran it back. Yeah, because that would have shown that would have shown empathy and and athleticism and maybe we could have forgiven him oh but i told okay, Braden, okay. i'm like what okay. did we with the refs huddle up after they're like do you think he meant it i think is what i said when we no, first talked about so this. so you're suggesting that if he's a freak enough athlete then the sorry counts but it if was, he's not then the sorry doesn't count no, he's just he trying goes, to make a point 
he showed in the combine that he is a freak of an athlete. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, he didn't show any of it off while he was playing at Florida. <laughs> um, I do want to ask you about, cause you mentioned LSU. We, Aaron is, is got like a, a love affair with Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Um, I, I'm, I am curious if you think the CEO thing can, it can work long-term. Like it clearly worked in 2019 for LSU. They found the right mixture with Joe Burrow and Joe Brady and Dave Aranda and a lot of recruits that are very highly rated at LSU. But I'm curious if you think the CEO thing is sustainable because if Sam Pittman loses Kendall Bryles and, and Barry Odom, we're seeing what Coach O is having to deal with it on his coaching staff. Like, can you be just a CEO coach in the SEC long-term? Well, that's a good question. And, uh, you know, I think Ogeron is almost like he's there for – to get him fired up and, and, you know, to, to put a plan together and then let all his coaches execute it, which is the way a lot of coaches have coached in the past. Now, then you had a lot of guys like Spurrier who was hands-on with the offense and Dan Mullen, who's hands-on with the offense. And, and that's, they're never going to relinquish that, you know, Gus Malzahn, it, it, it depending on which way the wind was blowing, whether he was going to call the plays or not. Archie's fired up back there. Um, yeah. Yeah. The pooch. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think it, it works in some cases. I mean, Bobby Bowden was the ultimate, uh, CEO. And then towards the end, that was not, it did not work towards the end because he was kind of, uh, not aware of some of the things that were going on. Yeah. I, I think it can work. I don't think there's any question about it, but I think everybody has got to coach to their strength. They've got to coach to their style, you know? And if you're, um, if you're Lane Kiffin, you're not going to say, well, I'll just stand back and, and be the CEO. No, you're right in the middle of it, throwing your hands up when you get a touchdown. And, and if you're Mike Leach, the same way you got your little uh, index card and you got 85 plays on it and you're calling them all from there. So I think it depends on who you are, but it can work. It doesn't mean it can't work. It just depends on your personality. Pat, we're at, Braden and I have been talking a lot about like quarterbacks, what the battles look like when you have multiple quarterbacks buying for a position for you, there's a lot of charts we can look at, you know, team rankings, all of that stuff. As being in this industry for as long as you have, what is the one intangible that you think a quarterback has to have? It's not necessarily something we track on paper or online, but you think has to be there in order for them to be successful. He's got to be a great decision maker. I don't care how good your arm is. Um, I don't, you know, Jamarcus Russell was thrown at 80 yards from his knees, but he, I, he could, I don't think he was very good. Um, Kyle Trapp was perfect for, for that, for Florida. Here's our offense. And, and, you know, the thing about Florida's offense is it's not complicated. They, they have about eight plays every game that they practice. They go, okay, these, these plays seem to work against this defense. These are the plays we're going to use. Now they're going to be variations off it. You've got to be able to read it. I think you've just got to be smart and you've got to understand what, uh, what the goal is of a play. Now, every play is not just you run here, you run here, you run here. It's you run here, but if the safety comes up, you, you cut it inside. And if you are good enough to make decisions, it's all to me about decision making. I mean, I, I, I do believe a little bit in the it factor, you know, I, I've because I've seen it, you know, with Tebow, with Werfel, guys like that, where they had that it factor. But, you know, even going back to uh, to Danny, Danny was one of the great decision makers. I mean, he got, got a lot of guys open. Uh, but he knew which ones, why they were going to come open and hitting them. So that would be my number one thing I'd want out of a quarterback. 
Pat Dooley, you got radio, you got writing, you got newspapers, you got blogs, you got podcasts, you got basically everything. The king of Gainesville media. Pat, always a pleasure, my friend. Hey, real pleasure with you guys and uh, stay safe, okay? That was Pat Dooley, king of all Gainesville media. Always appreciate his time. And that is our show for the day. So there you have it. If Steve Spurrier ever told me to lose weight, I would be like an absolute fitness model. I would listen to anything he said. He doesn't normally do it very nicely, though. I kind of want him to tell me that. I feel like I would take this uh, like 22 flights of stairs in my building every single day. I feel like you would punch him. Mm. If he was like, Aaron, well, looks like you could lose a few pounds. Sounds like like my high school track coach, honestly, to all of us. So I I would be ready for it. I don't know. I no, I wouldn't punch these for because he's funny. But things, things you do not do. Tell a woman she needs to lose a few pounds. Go to yeah, Jasper's. well, s- s- <laughs> go to Jasper's. Steve Spurrier says whatever he wants. So. That, 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 that is, that is whatever. Uh, make sure you're tweeting us uh, all the photos of the, the women in your life if you want to win the gift basket from Jasper's, courtesy of our wonderful sponsor at Jasper's, of course. So make sure you're tweeting us. All the social platforms are open and available and accepting uh, participants. We will make a decision in a couple of weeks. At 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram. Aaron, where can people follow you and or send you a photo of their mom? Totally. Privately, publicly, we'll take it. Aaron underscore Dugan on the gram and D-U-G-A-N. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of brain dead right now. And then the Aaron Dugan on Twitter. There you have it. You can get to me at Braden Deagall on Instagram. Uh, Braden and then, Douglas. And then at Braden Gall, of course on twitter special thanks to our wonderful sponsor jaspers Uh, obviously go to jaspers and spend your money at jaspers if you're a person who likes food and needs to eat go to jaspers i'm going there tomorrow night which we're recording this on wednesday that'll be thursday so if you want to stalk aaron dugan go to jaspers on thursday evening there you go um yeah i mean you're might be disappointed but do it we need to do a meet and greet at jaspers soon for all the (laughs) for all the aaron dugan stands out there which is like my mom would like drive in from out of town and then like that's it there you have it sounds good to me i'm getting fries special thanks to pat dooley for joining us king of all gainesville media and of course our wonderful sponsor jaspers her name is aaron dugan my name is brayden gall thank you all for listening this has been fringe element on the 440 sports network chugger